The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to The No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. Hey guys and gals, it is Nikki here and you are listening to The No with me, Nikki Spo. I am so thankful that you're here today. It is a great day to be listening. Today we are going to hear from JC Gossett-Callen and I cannot wait. JC is a founding teacher and vice president of experience at The Class. Which class? The Class. Get on it. It is bad. JC directs the teacher training department and teacher development. JC's studies include world dance, yoga, fitness, and healing therapies. Her mission is bringing spirituality, fun, and full-on self-expression into her classes, workshops, and retreats. JC is a bright, beautiful light, and I am so excited for you to hear from her today. First, I am going to share a little bit about my personal experience taking the class, and then JC is going to go on a deep dive about what the class is, how it came to be, and why it is an important and incredible resource for healing. We are going to chat about movement, the power of our voice, but like literally the actual power that our voice has, and how to become and how to unbecome, and how to unravel, and how to put it all back together. We are endlessly collecting data about ourselves, and JC shows us what to do with it. Let's go. JC Gossett Callen, you are a light and an energy force. You are the VP of training and a founding teacher um, at the class. You are a fellow podcast host, and I've listened to your podcast. And not only is your voice like magic, but after having our own conversation prior to this, I know that your energy is magic too. Centered, at peace, wild, seen, known, sure, light, and heavy, and invested. So that's what I what I hear when I hear you. And I know that even the best of us, while we may be and feel all of those things, we have stories about how we got here and how we have learned to live with ourselves and live with our experiences. I don't want to be the one to define you, JC. In one sentence, who are you to you? Mm, such a beautiful intro. I'm, I'm already tearing, tearing up. <laughs> I'm already letting the emotions start start uh, to come. Thank you. Who am I to me, you to you? And when I hear that question, it's, there's a bit of a, of a dissolving process that happens where beyond the titles and the identity of the surface and kind of the small talk conversation of how we define ourselves, I, I feel this dissolving of of all of that into kind of like a pool of energy and in that pool pool of energy i believe everything exists just kind of like everything that you just named this compilation of all the things of my ancestors of humans from all time of the earth of nature of animals and the universe 
a compilation of the knowing and the unknowing where all the music and all the dance and all the sunshine <laughs> and the breakdown and the heaviness all all kind of exist and coexist in, in that one beautiful pool of energy. When you said that, I actually visualized a pool, right? Like an actual pool. I, I envisioned like an oasis. So thank you for sharing that with me. I think it's beautiful. Um, I think one of the, the best things that we can do as humans is get to know ourselves. Right? There's so much we don't know, like that we're never going to know. I think what brings us peace is like the deep inner knowing, right? The fulfillment of knowing who we are on the inside and what we believe in. I recently took the class, the class, right? And I keep telling people, I'm like, oh, have you tried the class? They're like, which class? I'm like, the class. I have never taken anything like it. I took the class on June 19th at um, Sacred Space in Miami. Soraya was the teacher. The two words that, that stay with me are release and receive. It felt so right to go to the class, to let go, and to open myself up to receiving. And I was hesitant. You know, I have, I have friends that had told me about like, the erratic movements and like the grunting and the noise making. Um, and I felt insecure. So, I mean, I felt insecure right up in the class, like in the moment. I'm like, oh my gosh, people are making noises. What do I do? You know, this is my first time with that type of experience. And I felt uncomfortable until I didn't, until I accepted the discomfort or the insecurity or what, what, what came up for me? I don't know. Shame. Why? I don't even know. Why does shame come up for me making these like animal noises while I'm in this class? Why would shame turn up? And that made me think. Explain to us what is the class and like, how did it come to be? I love hearing people's experience in the class. I love hearing what happens for each person. And so much of it, of the classes, it, it is just that. It's, it's unique experience for each person of where they are that day and kind of what they need and what, what is ready to be revealed. And it can shift every time you take it. At, at the core of it, at the essence of what the class is, it is a music-driven, cathartic fitness experience that allows us to strengthen the body, witness the mind, and restore balance. How we do that is with a series of movements that's set to music, that we use repetition on the beat, we stay in movements for a, a long time, we use breath and vocal release, to help express and and let go and i know let go is like a can be like a trite way of exp of explaining what we're doing but express the unprocessed the unspoken the mm. the the held the accumulation the atrophy the the numbness all the things that we feel and and experience as humans on the daily and and through the light through a lifetime and we also do a lot of cardio exercises yeah. <laughs> and muscle sculpting moves. And we go on this journey inside to see what is there. We bring it all up, shake it out, and witness ourselves move through challenge and resistance as a way to support ourselves to do those things in life. I mean, the noise element <laughs> was like completely <laughs> foreign to me. Like what, what does that do for the body and the mind? Mm -hmm. So vocal release and that type of sound vibration, it has been around for a very long time. I mean, I don't even know when the, the first 
human ever did that. I would imagine it was at the beginning of time where sound and the vibration that would then occur in the body was linked to some type of feeling good. (laughs) And maybe that started with singing. Maybe that started with just sounds like a baby does. These just doesn't make sense. Just things kind of coming out that feel good, that help us put what is happening on the inside. It gives it a vehicle and an outlet for it to come out. So what you end up arriving at is a place of, 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 rele- of release. And for many of us, talking, speaking, using sound, hearing our own voice, inserting our own voice into a space has been shamed, quieted, shushed, not welcome, uh, picked apart, judged, unacceptable. And that's just a healing right there. I'm, I'm shook because that is what I have felt. Like I have been, I have been so afraid to use my voice. And like, as I've started to like step into a space where I'm even if it's uncomfortable, I'm getting okay with the discomfort of using my voice. I'm finding that I'm just a happier human being. I can't tell you how many times in my whole life, my whole life, that I have wanted to literally like just grab a pillow, put my face into it and just like ah, scream right into this pillow. And I'm hearing you talk about like the power of like this this vocal release. And I'm like, I remember being in, in the class and participating in that and like letting that go, letting that sound come out of me, almost like an animalistic sound come out of me. I wasn't doing it because I was angry. I wasn't doing it because I was joyous. I was just doing it. I was just being present and letting the release happen without like being pre, pre-motivated to do so. How many times do we feel um, compressed and made small? that am trapped and boxed in that we need to just like let that out, let Mm -hmm. it out. Sound, because when I think about when we use, when it's acceptable, right, is when maybe we're singing or we're excited about something. When it's not acceptable is when you're yelling and when you're angry. And those are just some of the examples of how we begin to see it as a child and what this helps us do is normalize it in like, okay, we can use sound and it doesn't have to just be in in these either acceptable or unacceptable ways. We can kind of like even it out and just use it just like we, another muscle in the body. What was life like for you before the class? I, I come from a big family, five boys and me in a very small town. Hold on. <laughs> five brothers and you. Yes, my mom had had four boys and she raised uh, her nephew, my cousin. So it was five boys and me. Okay, that's a lot of kids <laughs> within 10, 10 years. Yes, and all that in a, a small town in New Jersey. And I, so there was lots of chaos, just lots of people, lots of chaos, lots of big personalities, lots of drama, as you can imagine, of all the things that go on for each person magnetized, magnified by six people. I was very observant, but I internalized a lot. So at a young age, I developed this pattern of just kind of taking everything in and internalizing it. I didn't have any communication skills I didn't know anything about codependency, but was absolutely totally codependent on the environment around me to create safety and and sense of self. Wow. So 
I felt a lot. I was very sensitive. I liked hanging out with animals and reading books. And what began to open portals to this other, to connecting to a deeper part of myself was music, was movement, was reading, was being outside. And those little things gave me a bit of a release and a connection to something that I just wasn't feeling in in my in my day to day but I I struggled a lot with feeling everybody's stuff and not knowing what to do with it so I just kind of like packed it in it all compounded upon itself and once I started dancing I had this outlet of like okay I can I didn't know what I was doing at the time but I can bring some of this stuff here and I would just feel better afterwards so it wasn't until years later that I learned communication and expression and a way to, to use my words. How old were you when you started dancing? My mom had me in dance lessons as soon as I could really walk. So I was I was like a two year old in in the little in the little tights, bopping around. Right. So you're like a lifelong dancer. Got it. So, but you you were taking in everyone's stuff in your surroundings, and obviously you didn't know that you were doing this at the time in dance, like you said. But like, what did you do with your stuff? I think at that time so deep in my in codependency and this kind of pattern i didn't even know i had my own data i didn't oh even know i had anything that was mine underneath all of this other stuff so i didn't have a sense of self in those moments of dancing or in those brief moments i could feel i could start to feel it but everything else was so loud that there was no voice of me for a very long time. I am actually on the verge of tears because I have never heard that articulated so well in something that I feel very, very much connected to. I have shared on my on my podcast before about like some of the abuse that I experienced as a child. And I want to share with you is like when your voice, right, is taken away right? And so that can happen in so many different ways, right? Like, or you don't, are not given a voice, like, right? It sounds like in your case, you you weren't even like aware that you could have one, no, right? No. Um, when your voice and your power is like kind of taken away or you're without it, um, it's almost like you'll do anything to go get it somehow. But it's beautiful the way that you articulated that. What do you give to the class and what do you receive from it? As a a teacher of the class, uh, my hope is always, and I say a little prayer before I I teach, is to create a space for people to, to feel themselves again, to create a container that gives permission for people to express, release, work through, move through all that we feel, all that comes up, all that we hold on the daily, on the life, on the lifelong journey, and for it to feel welcoming and just this return, this return, this return to self. What I receive is the, the gift of the method for sure as you lead it, the gift of it, and then the gifts of community and connection. There's an incredible thing that can happen when you're going through the process of transformation with others that, especially something that can feel so isolating and alone and lonely, and then to be able to do that with another person or a group of people, it it magnifies the whole experience to a whole nother level. The frequency goes up, the energy goes up, and it's just that beautiful reminder of 
yeah, we are, we are all doing this on some, in some capacity, on some level, all of us are doing this type of work in some way, in some area of our life. And what a beautiful reminder to just see that reflection in each other. The more that we like connect with other people and have that sense of community, we find that, you know, our experiences might look different, but the feelings are all the same, right? Like we all experience like the spectrum of human emotion, right? Regardless of what experiences brought us to that point, it's all relative. Um, But that, that sense of community is so important. And I think this year was so very difficult for people. Like, how did you guys pivot? Um, Because that sense of community seems like essential to the class. So how did you guys pivot and still retain that sense of connection and community? during this tough time of COVID and the pandemic? Well, thankfully, our our brilliant COO, Chris Sanborn, and our, our founder, uh, Taryn Toomey, had, and the company, had the foresight and was already ahead of the, of the digital game before COVID happened. So mm-hmm. thankfully, we had already figured all of that out. We had a digital platform. We were already streaming classes. Oh, my gosh. Um, just a couple classes a week, you know, not yeah. not not every class, but, but we... It, all, it was all it was all set up so that when COVID happened, we went from streaming classes with the teacher and a group of people <laughs> to mm-hmm. just streaming every class, and it was just and it was just the teacher, and that was an adjustment for all of us as as the teachers of the class of of now. Wow, this thing that we do with other people in community is still happening in community because there's other people outside on the other side of the camera. We just can't see them. Um, but now there's nobody in the room and it's just us and feeling a very palpable energy that is very, all the stuff, the subtle stuff is hard to explain because, you know, you can't see it, but the difference in you're in there by yourself, but you can feel there's an, you can feel energy. You can feel that there are other people moving in some way versus if I was just in the room teaching by myself to, to, and there was no camera and there's no one on the other side, um, it would it wouldn't have, it just wouldn't have the same, it wouldn't have the same feeling. We went from streaming a couple of classes a week to then streaming something like seven, eight classes a day, every day, and got it up and going in, in all of the three cities and eventually added, added Miami to the streaming. That was later. Amazing. And grateful. Focused, I'm very grateful. Yeah. And focused on the, uh, on extending that concept of commuting into other ways, creating online groups, creating more Zoom sessions and off the mat chats with the teachers, doing more Instagram lives, doing more remote retreatments, workshops online, more more engagement, obviously digitally, which for a lot of people isn't the same thing. But right. in the past year and a half, um, it was a lifeline for many people. I think, and and also speaking for myself. JC, how do you cope with life's inevitable storms? Like what tools do you utilize? There is a, a real blessing in being able to use your gift as an act of service. And that is a tool, something that absolutely helps me in the moments where I'm, I'm in it. Moving and that how I'm moving will depend on where I am. Obviously, in life, I'm on a fertility journey right now. So, move. So the the idea of moving or the expression of moving has shifted for me. So that can look like walking. It can it can look like um, kind of breaking a, a little bit of a sweat, and at other times, 
when I can, taking class, teaching class, listening to music, being outside in nature. Water is a big one for me. Taking showers, taking baths. I mean, these are all simple things, but they create a big energetic shift for me. I'm a, a believer in therapy. I have a great therapist that I work with every every week, and I process a lot by talking out loud. So for some people, they journal and they write. And I went through periods of time where that really worked for me, but speaking it out loud helps me. So as I walk, I talk out loud. I get in my car, I talk out loud. And without trying to to form my words into making sense, I just start to talk about how I'm feeling. I feel like this today. This is this is how this feels. This is what's coming up for me. And I just kind of get it going. And yeah. as it as the words are coming out, energy is moving, things are starting to release. And again, we're going back to the vibration and of sound and vocal release and, and what that does. That really helps me. And in the moments of the big breakdowns and those inevitable storms, space, having space is 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 imperative for me so quiet i my husband is great about giving that to me and i am getting better about asking for it mm-hmm. <laughs> and not feeling bad the codependent people pleasing part of right. me like sure. i don't want you to feel bad that i i need some space it's not you yeah it's me <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and just to say i i just need i just need quiet this is like i just need quiet yeah Totally get it. You mentioned um, about using your gift as an act of service. I've personally have felt a lot of shame around even perceiving my gift as an act of service. Like who am I to think that my gift couldn't serve anyone? How do we get to a space where you're like, my gift can serve someone? Was there a sign? Was there um, a thought process behind that? Maybe people get tripped up on the word gift because it's like, oh, they're gifted, you know? And, and and there's this this self-conscious aspect of ourself that doesn't want to seem either entitled or narcissistic to say that we have a gift. Right. So I offer to people maybe the word soul purpose, that's an Oprah term. Love it. Can, can help shift it for them of we all have a soul purpose. And that's another way of looking at the word gift that may feel just more relaxing for people. It's always twofold. I don't, I think that the the gifts we are giving and the soul purposes that we have and our soul essence work both those ways. They are for us, but when it is for us, it is for everyone. So for me as a dancer, I, there was a, it, it made people happy and also ignited passion in them and ignited something about themselves that was in them. It didn't have anything to do with me, but there was some type of catalyst through me dancing that was a catalyst for people. And that then led to people asking for me to maybe teach them and give them lessons and collaborate with them. And then ultimately became about creating space for people to move in that same way to ignite things that were already in them. Yeah. I totally get that. I can like, I'm playing it out. Like I'm visualizing while you're talking about it. And it's like, somebody's like, I want what she has. 
right? And not necessarily from an envious standpoint, but like, I want to feel that. Like what she's feeling right now, I want to feel that. And then they come to you and you're like, I believe that you can give that to me. And that's really beautiful. And when we think about it that way, it's really, I mean, it shifts the perspective about it totally. JC, what do you take away from the ups and the downs of life? Definitely that they never end. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's, there's always another wave around the corner. There's always another earthquake around the corner. They follow each other. There's always going to be both sides of the piece of paper, both sides of the coin. There's always going to be the, 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 the sunny days and the rainy days, the full moon and the new moon, and that waxing and waning that just is existence. Um, they can't exist without the other. So while it is not necessarily fun when you're in the, the downs, that type of knowingness that this is, this is the design helps us have a little bit more ease as we, as we move through them. But just that understanding of that is what it is. There is no variation of it's all up. <laughs> when you're in the down, sometimes it feels like that's the end, right? Mm -hmm. Like it can feel like that's the end. Like that's it. Oh my gosh this is the end. This is it. It's happening. The end has arrived. It's a dip. It's not the end. Like you don't even get to experience necessarily the joys of life without experiencing the things that are really difficult. What personal hurdles are you, have you overcome like that stand out in your life or in your current life or your fertility journey? Yeah. That is the, the journey that I am on. I am in, and it's been going on for maybe four years or something now. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, it's, it is, that is the constant waxing and waning. There are the days where you're super hopeful. You're just, yeah. everything's looking good. Your lab results are coming out looking good. Yeah. Your sonograms are looking good and you have the highest hopes. And in a day, it just can, it all changes. In 24 hours, sometimes less than 24 hours, you go from like, this is going to work to it didn't work. That roller coaster of emotions and having hope and then deep despair and disappointment is has been a constant learning for me and in, in, in navigating that in, in my relationship. And you can't help or I can't help going sometimes into this place of like, why? What does all of this mean? What's the meaning here? And I, I, in my personality and, or just even the way that I am, I, I can get caught in really looking for meaning. Like, what is the meaning here? What's the universe trying to tell me? What's the teaching? And what I'm trying to practice now is like, sometimes that can take you in just to an, a never ending spiral looking, you're, you're looking for something. And even yeah. though you're, you're looking for meaning, but you're still looking for something. And the conversation I'm having with myself right now is, okay, JC, like it just is. Yeah. <laughs> and what if there is no meaning without accepting of, okay, well, I'm just going to write myself off and not, and give up and not try an alternative method or something like this. But that can derail me and spiral me in a direction that I will be not able to take any action, move forward or actually come up from the abyss to take a breath. First of all, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that part of your life with us. Um, I also want to bring attention um, to for our listeners that this is an example, right, of one of those scenarios that the experiences might not be the same, but the feelings 
are. So maybe our listeners are not struggling with infertility. Okay. I think we all can relate to the feeling of being extremely hopeful and have something come crashing down in all areas of our life. That's the power of storytelling and like sharing our journeys. How are we constantly gathering metrics on ourselves, right? You think about your like Instagram or social media or YouTube or like your podcast listens. We have these metrics to see where our demographic is coming from. How are we constantly gathering metrics on ourselves and how do we make that self data work for us? Mm. So much, and this is not anyone's fault or not blaming anyone, but I think so much of how we learn about ourselves starting so young is from outside opinion and information that's told to us of this is how it is. This is how it goes. If you're this, this is you, this is how you do this. Um, we're here to, to be good or whatever the programming or conditioning that we, we receive at a very young age, but it's happening from the noise around us. Yeah. And of course some of that is necessary as we as we learn in the world of how do we navigate any of this. But a lot of it is coming from the outside rather than the inside. So through this process of knowing ourselves there's there's a lot of unraveling, there's a lot of undoing and beginning to dissect the wires of how much of this as I look at myself and I start to inquire about who I am, how much of that is defined by what I was told, or maybe the vision of others. And where am I in any of that? Do I even like what I do for a living? Do I want, how do I want to drink my coffee? What is the, what do I want to really eat for lunch? (laughs) You know, versus what, what, what did I read I should eat? So I think it starts with first having to unravel it's like that the 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 big spool of yarn and as you start to unravel it and a lot of the layers of all of that projection or programming or conforming and all of those things just have to start to dissolve a little bit so that we can start to see where we are in any of this is everything that we consider to be how we would explain ourselves or how we show up in the world. Is it really us? Or a lot of it, the the combination of the outside noise of just how we are told to be and, and behave. When do you feel like you intentionally did this? When you started to intentionally unravel yourself? I think that it started for me when I got deeper into my spiritual studies, which which began through the vehicle of yoga, a lot of it was as you went on this journey of seeking you, was getting to know really a lot of what you came from. So I started just going a little bit into asking my parents kind of like about them and then where they came from and starting to observe my lineage and seeing, well, what was that and what is me? But I had a feeling, I could feel that there were parts of me that really felt like me. And then there were things that I couldn't explain that I knew weren't me, but I didn't know why I was doing them. And I think we all probably have experiences like that where you're just like, why do I, I know that what I'm doing is not helpful for me and supportive, but why do I keep doing it? Yeah. 
Why am I perpetually in these same relationships, mm-hmm. attracting the same partner? Why do I keep playing out these same dynamics, maybe with my friends and family members? Why are my patterns around maybe addiction or consumption what they are, even though we know we're doing something that we don't necessarily feel is aligned and true with 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 self? Yeah. And through looking at that, through asking lots of questions, through getting curious to starting to see where do you come from? How, how have these patterns maybe been playing out for generations and generations and generations? Oh, yeah. It sounds like you did this in what? Your early adult that life? Was, that was at, right. That was in my early twenties. Yeah. My, my like teen years felt like a real shit show. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. Just, they just were, at that time I was doing a lot of modeling and I was very much in I there's a standard of how the world wants me to show up and I have to achieve that and be that at all costs, wow. even if I'm suffering, even if I'm sick, even if I'm hating myself and hating my life, there's an expectation to show up and be beautiful <laughs> and just give people what they want. And that led to a big breakdown of, so where am I in this? Who am I in this? And that takes a long time. This is going on for years and years and years. It's not like my parents fought. I'm not blaming them. It's it's right. just fed to us for a very yeah. long time. Generational. How can we be more intentional? How do we hold ourselves responsible even to make sure that we are not projecting our own stories onto the loved ones who might be younger than us? I think that takes a, a lot of taking a good look, hard look at ourselves to see what we are projecting out. If we don't do our own healing, then what I'm gonna do is transmit my hurt and my pain and my unprocessed and all that stuff onto whoever's there. (laughs) Whether that's my kid, whether that's my partner. So there's, there's, a responsibility if you if you want to rise to it if you're willing none of this stuff feels good all the time it's not like blissful healing the wellness life is just this rainbows and all this it's not right. that but there yeah. is a responsibility there if you are willing to rise to it and step into that to do your own work on yourself with yourself for yourself mm-hmm. to be a better person spirit energy for, for the world. Realizing that we have the right to change at any given moment, what is your message today? Mm. That we, we can course correct at any point. Wow. We can wake up tomorrow and it's just course correct, change, put in a different navigation, GPS code, whatever that yeah. is, into, yeah. the, into the computer. <laughs> yeah. I love that, JC. So in closing, when are you coming back to Miami? I'm going to be teaching the, the class at the Sacred Space on July 17th, which is a Saturday at 9 a.m. The tickets just went on sale yesterday. So if you are listening, I highly suggest getting your ticket ahead of time. Yes. So I'll be there on July 17th. That's a Saturday at 9 a.m. Soraya will also be there with me. I will be teaching. And then the last one happening at the Sacred Space in Miami is happening on August 21st. Amazing. If anybody was listening, I want you to go 
and introduce yourself to JC and let her know that you listen to her podcast on The Know with Nikki Spo. Okay. If people are not who are listening that are not from Miami, where can they get more information about the class? Because I know you're doing classes in New York and Los Angeles. If you go to theclass.com, if you go to our website, if you go to the Instagram, the class, you can stream in from anywhere. You can take class with us. If you're in Los Angeles, uh, New York and Vancouver is where our, our teachers are. So there are live events happening there and Miami. Um, but go to theclass.com, take class. You can do a two-week trial in our digital studio, try a bunch of different teachers. We also have lots of other offerings, workshops, uh, lectures, classes, things that you can do that are addition to just the workout. So there's something for everyone. But if you do come, please introduce yourself to me on July 17th. I would love to meet you. I'd love to chat with you and connect. And this has been so, so wonderful and fun, Nikki. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, JC. You are a beautiful, beautiful light. And I can't wait to meet you in person um, at your August event, at your August class. Also, just want to close with the fact that you have a beautiful podcast. It's called The Class Podcast, where people can check it out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And um, where can people connect with you personally online? So you can go to my Instagram, which is just JC Gossett, at JC Gossett, and DM me there. We, If you end up taking the class, we have a, a digital, a private group on Facebook for the class digital students. But you don't you don't just have to be a digital student. You could be a class student and you can connect, connect with me there as well. Awesome. You are beautiful. And Thank I'm so you. grateful for you. Thank I hope you. you have the best day. Same, same, sister. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to The Know. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The Know. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sap Spo and The Know with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams. Mm -hmm.